You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, recorded live from our Brighton campus. All right. Well, you know, often when we we take communion, um, we take a little cracker and we we take a little cup like we're doing tonight. Um, But actually the Passover was a meal. Communion was actually, the very first communion was actually a meal together. And uh, the early church celebrated it always as a meal. And somehow over the centuries it kind of got degraded just to a little cracker and a little, little, um, a little juice cup. But I, one of the things we really feel as a church is um, it's about journeying together. It's about exploring God together. And, and part of recognizing who Jesus is is also recognizing uh, our connection to one another and being around tables and eating and, and fellowshipping and remembering actually that Christ is the center of all of this, isn't he? And so I'm really glad that you're here tonight, and um, we've been on a journey uh, that Julian started us on a few weeks back, and uh, it was, it's been titled, the, the theme of what we're looking at is About the One. And uh, the first week Julian shared on a passage of scripture in Luke, chapter 15, about um, the, the lost sheep, and that Jesus had a heart for the one, that uh, although there was 99 with him, he, he went after the one. He had this great value for the one. And uh, Jesus really presented this understanding that he cared for each person. He, he has this, this passion for each one. And he calls us really to do the same as, as individuals, to be about the one. And then last week, Chris uh, jumped a passage and moved a little bit further on in the same, in the same chapter to the prodigal son. And uh, we really got a picture of, of a greater understanding of of the father and all that he laid down for the son, the wayward son. Not just at the point that he returned, but the point before he left, he gave up everything for the son. And we continue to see that throughout this story, this overwhelming love that the father has, even though he gave everything for the son um, and was mistreated by the son, he just gave this unconditional forgiveness, unconditional love, and he has the same for you and I. There's this underlying message of his love, his forgiveness, regardless of where you come from. And in tonight, we're we're going to we're going to continue in this this um, journey on, on about the one. And if you actually look at Luke chapter 15, it actually starts with the parable of the lost sheep. Then last week we looked at the parable of the lost son or the prodigal son. But this week we're going to look at the one that's right in the middle of the two, which is the lost coin. Now. If you're going to look at kind of the context of this, uh, Jesus was with tax collectors and sinners, or people that actually in society at that time were the people that were the kind of untouchables. The, the religious people wouldn't kind of normally want to hang out with these kind of people. And yet Jesus was with them, and the, the, the Pharisees, or the religious people, said at the time, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them, like we're doing tonight. We're eating together. Just is what Jesus did. He, he just ate with, with people. He loved them and accepted them. And Jesus is trying to get his heart across to these guys uh, as to really what he's all about, what God is all about. Now, before we kind of read the passage of Scripture tonight, I want to ask you a question. How many of you have ever lost something valuable? Okay, does anyone want to tell me what you've lost that was of value? Anyone? Can you remember? Okay, that's pretty valuable. Did you find it again? Three months. Wow. 
Um, I would just think probably the most valuable thing that we lost uh, was not the wedding ring itself, but in Donna's wedding ring has a has a diamond. And um, as a young man, when I bought the ring, I put everything into buying this ring. Anyways, came I noticed her hand one day had a had the band, but there was missing the center diamond. It was just a hole. Um, and trying to find, uh, at that time, it was a very small little diamond. <laughs> um, so we, we looked around the house and trying to find diamond, a diamond, a little diamond in carpet is impossible. Now, this parable, the, the parable we're going to read tonight, I'm going to read it. And, uh, Jesus again is just painting a picture. And if you can imagine, what Jesus is talking about isn't just about a woman and a coin or money. He's, he's reflecting people, okay? This whole story is about people. And so I'm going to read it, and hopefully we'll unpackage it a bit tonight and, and grab something for ourselves. It says, Or suppose a woman has ten coins and loses one. Does, not, uh, does she not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. What's interesting, if, if you kind of look in the footnotes or you kind of look at what is the value of this coin. Actually, that coin was a day's wage. So it wasn't like a penny or a 5p kind of coin. It was worth a day's wage. So if you're going to take, say, the average day's wage in, in the UK, it was probably roughly around 100 pounds a day. Um, so if you were to lose a hundred pounds out of your thousand, how important would that be to you? A hundred pounds you've kind of lost somewhere. This is what is kind of the picture that symbolized each of these coins really symbolizes people. And one of the first things I just, I, as I was reading the story, especially because when you read the story of the parable of the sheep, um, I don't value animals like I value money because I'm not a farmer. You know, I, Donna's family are all kind of farming kind of people, or at least her brother is. And uh, so they look at animals with value, and I look at animals as kind of smelly things um, that are there in the fields. And, and if you're not a vegetarian, you eat, um, as I'm not a vegetarian, so I eat. So um, I, I don't necessarily see the value, but coins, I see the value of money, right? Are you, are you catching what I'm saying? I, I see the value of money. And so... What was interesting about this passage of scripture is, in this particular one, is that each coin had the same value. Right? All ten coins were a day's wage. All ten coins had the same value. And one of the things that kind of struck me is that in God's kingdom, in God's creation, each person is created equal. We all come into this world with the exact same value. It doesn't matter your race. It doesn't matter your gender. It doesn't matter your financial position. It doesn't matter your sexual orientation. It doesn't matter your family, your education. All of those things do not matter because at the end of the day, God has created all of us equal. In fact, we see a verse in Scripture that God shows no favoritism. Or another verse or another translation says He has no respect of persons. When He looks at you and He looks at me, He sees people of the same value. In society, we value people based upon all the things I've just mentioned. Whether they fit into our kind of group, whether we kind of, when we look at them, whether they look nice or smell nice or are, are, or famous or not famous, we value what we think they're worth 
based upon all the exterior, exterior things. But when Jesus looks at us, he sees us as uh, his creation. He sees us as someone that he would die for. And I've shared this in the past that the ultimate value and, and uh, the ultimate price tag that anyone could put on another person is being willing to give up your life for them. Right? Ultimately, that is the highest price. The highest price I could pay of, of valuing something was for me to lay down my life in honor of it or uh, to, to, to love it that much. And really, that's what Jesus has done for you and I. He loves and cares for us and values each of us the same. And to me, I think that's really great. The, when we step into this wall, into these, this room, we are not just in this room, but when we look to God, all of us are equal. And again, it doesn't matter our background. It doesn't matter how many bad things we've done. It doesn't matter any of that. We are all coins of the same value. Awesome. But one, looking at this, um, this understanding of being about the one, again, Jesus is, is talking to the Pharisees and talking to these religious leaders about the lost coin. And there's three things that, that Jesus points out about finding the lost coin. And really, if you can look at it, this is Jesus' strategy in reaching that lost coin. Maybe us, we would fall into that category as being a lost coin. And the first one is lighting a lamp. It says, there's three things, and I'll just read it again. It says, Does she not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? Lighting a lamp in every area of the house. Interestingly enough, Jesus calls us to be the what? Light of the world, right? In Matthew 5, in fact, I'll just turn there real quick. Matthew five fourteen to 16, it says, interesting thing. It says, You are the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Your good deeds shine. And I, I believe when God comes and moves in our light, and He, He, um, His presence comes inside of us, He calls us to not put all of what He does in us and kind of trap it into our own little cocoon, but He calls us to be a light. And, and to be a light isn't just about procl- proclaiming a message or trying to convince people that they need Jesus, but actually it's about living a lifestyle that shines a light into every aspect of society. Being God, being Jesus in every place that we find ourselves. Reaching the lost person starts with us, even as, as uh, for those who are, are followers of Christ, is walking every day with the light of Christ working through our lives. And so this is kind of in a practical sense, is, is loving the people around us, right? Being kind, helping those in need. Being the light in otherwise a dark world. Uh, God calls us to, uh, in, in searching for those who are, are lost, actually starts with you and I actually being the light. Just being a light. It, it isn't, um, the searching process starts with us showing up in our own Christian walk and, and starting to live out what we profess on a day-to-day basis. One of the things Julian shared this morning is about, um, about 
God moving in the ordinary, in the routines of our lives. And I believe that it's that, that, that principle in the everyday stuff, in the everyday moments of our life, that God wants to shine his light in and through our lives to reach the people around us. But then the, the, the second thing he says is, not only do you light a light, but it says he, he, uh, she, swept, she swept the house. Which is an interesting thing. She, she swept the house. And, and for me, when I was just meditating on this passage, really what she was doing was, was bringing a positive change to the environment in which the coin was. Before the coin could be found, a positive change happened to the environment in which the coin existed. And I believe God calls us to not just be sitting in a, in situations in this world that people are hurting and broken and there's, there's all sorts of stuff that goes on around us, but God calls us to be change agents in this world. That actually we step into society and say, you know what, we're gonna help bring, a, a, we're gonna help clean this up a bit. We're gonna, we're gonna engage in social action. We're going to help the person in need. Bringing positive change in the community is, is bringing changes where change is needed. And not just kind of on the street corner again, just preaching a message, but actually it's, it's going to where the needs are and saying, we're gonna, as a church or as believers, we're gonna do something to meet those needs. We're gonna do something to actually change the environment and so we can find the lost person in the midst of it. Again, I think, uh, on the news, uh, this last while, a lot's been said about, um, human trafficking or, or those who are, uh, in slavery, even in, in the UK. And it's something we can talk about, but actually God challenges us to, to, to clean the house, to help find those who are lost in it. Does that make sense? And it's much easier, I think, even to, to try to find something that's lost, uh, around the areas that we feel comfortable. And I don't know if you've ever tried to find something that's lost. I always, um, though I'm better now, but I used to always lose my glasses. I don't know, whoever wears spectacles, um, I would look everywhere, where did I leave my glasses? Um, until I started to learn, I just always have to, when I come into the house, I always have to put it in the same place, because uh, I would search all over the place. The thing is that we often, uh, it's easy to look in the things, that, the places that are easy to, to find things, but sometimes we lose things that are like behind the sofa, and you have to move the sofa, or it's, it's difficult to get to. And I believe there's people in society or people in this world just around us that that need us to get engaged to a different level to reach where they're at. It's very easy to just try to help the people that we kind of immediately have contact with, but there's also that need to kind of to sweep the house, to kind of get to the, the nooks and crannies of society that otherwise we, we could just overlook and say, well, that's not really not my business. That's kind of behind the, or underneath the sofa I'm not going to look there because it's a lot of work. Where God says, you know, I I want you to sweep it out. I I want you to to bring change to the environment because in bringing change, we find people in the midst of that that are hurting and needing to know that God loves them and cares for them. Bringing God's kingdom to earth is in practical ways. And again, I think God calls us in in this here and now to not just be people that profess something, but people that live out something, we bring change in a positive context or in a positive way in, in the normal everyday stuff. To be about the one is to find the one and bring change in that environment in which they find themselves. 
And again, I'm just thinking of uh, Jesus when he we came to the earth and uh, before he really started his ministry, or maybe really at the onset of his ministry, he stood into into the synagogue and he read from Isaiah and he said, you know, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. And he cut this whole list of setting the captives free and proclaiming freedom and the good news and this whole sense of when you really look at it there's this holistic element to what Jesus was saying he's all about it wasn't just so people um, came into relationship with God but actually he said I'm coming to bring change to everything in every aspect of people's lives they're coming to bring that change what positive changes can we bring to this neighborhood we look around us or wherever you live, what, what are the positive changes that we need to engage with that actually, in really, in that kind of sense, it's sweeping the house clean? The, um, the third thing that, that Jesus says here is, is, and she searched carefully until she found it. She searched carefully. And this, thought I had is this the search in every location and again I think often we 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 can tend to gravitate in sharing in the places we feel most comfortable but actually in searching for something we search in every location the gospel message of love and hope and restoration needs to reach into every point of society every aspect of society needs to know that God loves them and again whether it's um Whatever marginalized bit of the community is there, there's, there's a need for people to know there's a God that cares for them. There's a God that loves them. And us, our challenge is to be led by the Holy Spirit, but to reach out into every corner around us. Whatever that looks like, what, whatever the context is that you find yourself, what, what is the areas that God is calling you to kind of reach into? God's passion for this world is that they would come to know who He really is. And what Jesus was explaining in all these parables is, this is who I really am. You think it's all about the rules or all about this kind of one group of people that look nice and smell nice and, and have everything all together, but actually I'm about the lost person. I'm about that one person that's out there. I'm a, my, my heart is for getting to where they're at. And the mission, and as the disciples would have been sitting with him, the mission as we continue to look through Scripture was for us to go and be that, to find, to search, to look, to be about the one. Jesus said, I'm about the one, but actually as a church, he calls us also to be about the one. You know, interesting hearing Chris's story about being part of this community choir group. And, you know, sometimes it, it takes us in being involved with different things so that we can find the one. Right? Whatever one that is. It's stepping into a place in someone else's world in which we can reach in and find that one person that needs to hear that there's still hope. No matter where the lost coin is, which really is the coin, it says, in this, the end of the passage says, if, when, when someone is found when the, when the when the coin is found it says doesn't she call all her neighbors together and say rejoice with me i found my lost coin 
In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And again, going back to where I started with, I see that as value. When one person comes into the knowledge of Christ, and, and repentance is a sense of turning from one way of life, living for self, and turning in and really choosing to, at that point to live for Jesus. With one person doing it, all of the angels, all of heaven rejoices. Now, isn't that, isn't that phenomenal? That actually all of heaven stops for a moment and we, they rejoice because one person, one coin was found. It doesn't say who that coin was. It doesn't say what part of society that one coin is. But you know, when one person comes to know who Jesus really is and accepts that for themselves, all of heaven rejoices. Wow. Tonight, you might be that one person that could stop heaven and have a party up there because actually you just come to that realization, you know what, Jesus loves me. And in response, I'm going to give myself to him. You know what? You're valued in God's eyes. And, and he calls us as a church and he calls us as people to value one another as he values us. God cares about us to a level that Jesus came, right? And I, I guess the, the challenge in which Julian has kind of started us on this journey with is, is can we also be about the one? Can we be the people that are, are shining our light in, in everyday life, but being that light in, in every corner of, of the house, in every corner of, of society, just being a light, being consistent, being faithful with what God has put in our hearts, but then also bringing the change where change is needed. And not just kind of turning a blind eye, but actually engaging. When God prompts us in our spirit, sometimes we need to engage. And again, when, when Jesus talked about loving our neighbor, right? That's a great, a, another great parable. The, the, um, the Good Samaritan. How many have heard of that parable? The Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan story. What was that story all about? It was the fact of bringing change to someone's world. Right? What was it to love a neighbor? Well, there's this guy who's beaten up and, and it's the Samaritan who dirties his hands into a situation out of genuine love and compassion to help this one person. The whole story is about the one, isn't it? It's about that one person that the, 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 the Samaritan, although everyone else would have thought the Samaritan wouldn't have been the good guy in the story, the Samaritan is the good guy who actually troubles himself to bring change to someone else's world. And Jesus talks about that's what genuine love is all about. That's what it means to love your neighbor. That's And not just someone, again, that you've got already a relationship, but that's, that's sometimes reaching into someone else's world and saying, you know, I love you enough to reach into your world with hope and to bring change into your situation. Reaching out to every part of society, I, I believe, is our call. And I think even as we look, God's mandate for us as a church in this community in Kemp Town and the surrounding area of East Brighton, our, our mission isn't finished. I, I really feel we're, we're just, we, we need to progress, we need to move forward, and uh, we need to help, we need to be change agents. I really firmly believe that whenever a church is planted in an area, the area needs to look different because the church is there. Really? We, we, we need to, the community needs to look different because we've, we've helped sweep a cleanliness in a sense of, we, we've helped bring positive change. We've helped reach out and to, to find the ones in that, that process that need help. 
But it isn't just, just kind of on the streets doing something, but it's, it's bringing deep change that affects everyone. I, I really pray that in the coming days and, and years, that Kemp Town will be a different place because we're here. That people would have memories of what Kemp Town used to look like. But they actually know this church and the church down the road and, you know, these churches really, they brought positive change. There were a lot of needs, but actually now those needs are all been met. There, it was people that were really struggling on this side, but actually, you know what, they, they really feel included. They feel part of the community. There was, there was violence, but actually now there's, there's real harmony and love in the community. I believe the church has this capacity to be like that. Because that's what Jesus was all about. That was his heart. Because he valued, again, each person as equal. I know for myself, I, I get, I'm, um, so often I, I look at the exterior. Or I look at my own busyness or I disengage. And I know God is challenging me to, to engage. To, to, to be where he's at, where his heart is at. And I, I, I believe we're on a journey as a church and we're, we're exploring some new things and even this alpha is about the one. But there's other things in the, in the pipeline that we're working on to, to try to bring change, to try to reach people who otherwise would see that there's no hope for their lives. And so just closing tonight, I, I, I want to encourage you on two fronts. One is if you're here tonight and maybe you, you think actually there's, what value is my life? What, why am I really here? Do you want, can I just say tonight, if you, there's anything you remember tonight, is that God places the highest value on your life. That there cost, could possibly be placed, He places that value on each one of us. And before Him, we're equal. Wow. I, I, I just pray that that settles in to your heart, that you love, that you are loved. And equal, not in a low sense of equal, but equal in a sense of God places the highest value. You're someone of great worth. But then, for those of you who maybe already know that for yourselves, that God does love you, I believe a challenge for us is, is, is being changing, change agents in the world around us. And not settling for status quo, but actually being the people who, who look, who search, who do what needs to be done so that people's lives are changed around us. That's a, a challenging one. That we don't just sit by and let the world go on, go on. But actually we said, you know what? I'm going to upset things. I'm going to, I'm going to sweep. I'm going to put my light on. I'm going to search. I'm going to look because God has a plan for the people around me. Whatever that looks like. So I'm going to close in prayer and we're going to sing a closing song. And uh, I pray in some ways this isn't just challenged you or helped you or spoken to you. And uh, if there's anything at the end of our times together on a regular Sunday that you would like prayer for, if you think, actually, that really spoke to me. I just don't know quite what to do with it. Myself or Julian or Chris or um, or Hannah, Donna, most of us <laughs> would just love to pray with you. And I uh, don't just kind of go home and think, oh, I don't know how to process this. Uh, I encourage you to, to pray and to bring it before God and uh, let God... Just bring the revelation or the help in our own in, in your own heart, and that, that um, He helps you. So let's pray, Father. I thank you that you care for the one. Lord, this whole story tonight, as we've read, is about the one that you love. The one that you you give up everything for the one. 
You place great value on the one. All of heaven rejoices when the one comes to the knowledge of you. And Father, I pray that you would help us as believers to be about your business, to be shining our light, to be loving people, to be kind, to be bringing change to our environments, to the world around us, to, to be searching and looking in every corner of society, to be helping those find you. Lord, I pray that you'd help us, help us to be courageous, help us to break out past our, our kind of, um, our traditions, our own kind of comfort zone. But Lord, I pray that we would be like the Good Samaritan who just, who really involved himself in changing someone else's world. Lord, we want to be people like that, that reflect your true love, your true heart for each person. God, I pray we'd help, I pray you'd help us to understand your love for us, help us to understand your mission for us. And Lord, may we live out our, your, your purposes in our lives. God, I pray your greatest blessing upon each person here tonight. Lord, may they know you. May they, may they counter you in ever increasing ways this week. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.